Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Business Systems Summit, and I'm really excited for this session because I get to welcome one of the early pioneers in the internet marketing space, one of the first guys that I happened to see as I was getting online way back in, oh, I probably would have seen his work around 99 and got to see him speak as well at Simon Chen's X10 seminar, which was in Queensland here in Australia. That was that's going back over 13 years. So it's funny though, Declan kind of goes on and off the radar and has been a little bit out of the limelight for a little while, at least in the IM space, but still very much working with companies, doing consulting, growing his own stuff. He's helped over eight companies um, get up to IPO and also get acquired status as well. And he's really got some great systems around identifying target audiences and how to correctly market and sell to them. So Declan, just uh, love to welcome you to the Business Systems Summit. Yeah, thank you. And um, I look forward to sharing something that on surface may seem very, very simple and been there, done that. But if you open up your mind as we go through this, what I'm going to be talking to you about is probably one of the most important things in marketing today, which is getting beyond yourself as a business alone, separate from your audience and stepping up and actually listening to them and using them to help you form your message. And this is so key. It's what the core is what I call growth generation because in the old days, and I'm certainly not young, I started in 94, I began in this business as a web designer, developer, put a million people on my first website by 97. I created an agency for six years that was one of the biggest and went all over the world teaching, but also creating really innovative marketing, all based on very much a lead generation process because I've always felt that the internet and now mobile still called the internet, whatever, is lead generation. It's not a direct selling mechanism as much. It's, hey, lots of people sell, not saying that, but lots more fill in leads. And as Peter Drucker, uh, one of the legends of marketing once said, the aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that the product or service fits and sells itself. And what I wanna do is interrupt you for just a second and show you something because we have a worksheet workflow that I've created for this presentation that I'm going to come to at the end. And what it does is take us through the three steps and then outline specifically what I'm going to go into this a little bit more in granular detail. So for those of you listening, don't feel like you got to keep up. Uh, It's all written inside the document and more what I want you to learn is to step into a way that I teach people, which is learning by doing and learning by yeah, go One ahead. thing I was going to mention, Declan, um, just when you did the alt tab to go to the other document, it didn't quite pop up. So when we get to that point, maybe try and, if you're running on dual screen, maybe try and drag it up into the other screen, um, just in case that's what it is. Okay, you got it. Cool. I will see what I can do. Let's go to the next slide. So what we'll cover today are really the three personas. I know you've seen personas, but what I want to show you is that personas are much more than who these people are. And it's very many in the internet marketing circles, particularly a few years ago, it was really, it was sort of a fad to sort of do it. And honestly, at the end of the day, and I'm not disrespecting anyone, but even in the corporates down to internet marketing, everyone skips this step. They're all like, I know who I'm selling to. Come on, it's time to move on. And what's really funny is then they complain because the message doesn't connect. They made it up separate 
from the audience. In other words, they didn't actually gather information, words from the audience, because what you're doing as a behavioral approach, and what that means is I want to look what they do. We're looking for systems that underlie outcomes. That's the key. What it means is an outcome is somebody was able to sell their product or service. You can backward track all the systems that they've set up using a really, really simple process that anyone can do from a startup to somebody who's a bigger company. So we're going to talk about who your target audience will be, three specific personas to focus on, how you reach them, keywords, content, and social channels. And please listen, this is a lot more than the usual blah, blah, and I hear you. A lot of search and a lot of social has been talked about, but what's being executed is not a way to integrate this. I want to know your personas, the three types of businesses or people you're approaching down to a real psychological, motivational level, not let's just throw it up there, buy some ads, because at the end, it's how you get them to purchase and how long it takes that keeps your business alive. But what I see from this day, I should be making this mistake. I'm not a young guy. Everybody just jumps up and does what we did back in the day. They're still doing the same sort of affiliate marketing paid search. And you know what, if you're successful doing that, that's great. But for many companies I see starting out, this approach is what they end up doing is crumpling it all up going, okay, everything's about the sale. So no, I can do paid search and I'll do display ads, Facebook and stuff. And that's what everybody does. Okay. Now I've studied personas and they might do a little social and email and wow, note to self, start focusing on email because people like leave that alone. And there's so much money in email in this business. But what they do is they look at a very short term and think that they'll just look at the numbers. And since the guru said, these are the numbers, that's my validation. I'm like, no, I want to give you a different approach. Forget that and realize that what I'm about to show you doesn't come from my opinion or a few little campaigns I've done. Literally, just to give you background, I've driven 60 million visitors a month to my sites. I've had a 10 million person email us that we developed doing 2 million acquired online. I've recently had a $10 million a month. I work with people who take their businesses from smaller to bigger, to acquisition sometimes, but mostly to increase revenue. And today, you have 10 to 20 contacts and anywhere between 20 days, and if you're in my business, which is lead generation for selling into corporations and things, can be 18 months. And you're like, wow, I don't want to hear that. Let's just go to the funnel. What's really funny, if you understand it, people are at three different levels. And this is the basic top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. This is what I want you to start thinking about, because if you only design and think about personas when you're going to sell them, you're going to miss it when they start getting their attention, attract, and when you start engaging them. So let's walk into this so I can get specific with you, because I want to show you exactly what to do. Persona dev, and I'm going to use a B2B example for this, but I've applied this to B2C. This system applies to virtually any business I work with. You want to get three personas because you want to start knowing the diversity of your audience. And usually it's 60, 30, 10, 60%, one persona, 30%, another, 10, another. You're trying to do this to identify the market. And if you're in B2B, I want to know their title, their role in the company, and where the company is located. If it's a consumer, I want to know who they are. Are they a mom? They work? Dad? Single? Whatever. I want to know what their role is in life and who they work with. And finally, where they're located. Because when you know this, you start personalizing. And I mean this at the beginning. You're going to start saying, how can I personalize this? Not crazy, but how can I get this specific so I can have my audience actually notice me? Because if you just whip out a message like we used to do, they know that, you know, it's not for them. 
And there are really powerful ways to know this because remember, we're looking for the systems that underlie the outcomes. So let me give you a really quick overview and get into the step-by-step. -step. Persona development is really about the who, where, why, and the messaging these people receive. Who is easy? It's, that's probably what most who are listening do and then leave. That's just what most people I know do, even in the big San Francisco companies I've helped. Where? Not just where are they physically located, but what are their online habits? What time of day? Do they use Facebook? Do they use Twitter? Do they use LinkedIn? I worked in HR doing lead generation. Twitter was massive. And I thought Twitter was dead. You can't care about what you think. I did this by going out and saying, where is the activity? Where is the personas? And following the audience rather than letting my own belief systems get in the way. I want to find through this their why, their key challenges. Because here's the key. I've worked with tons of startups. Everybody thinks they've defined the problem. You don't know the problem and neither does the audience. You're defining it together. And when you understand that, your job is to help them understand and define the problem. When they do, they work with you in your messaging, in your marketing, your headlines, your copy, your freebies. Everything should be saying, go to them, but understand finally the messaging. Where and how do they learn and communicate? Because right now they're out there. They're talking, they're working, and most people ignore all of this and give me some idea why they don't like social media and then waste six to 12 months. If you're doing B2B, I also have a company level. I want to know who the company is, roles and responsibilities, what they do for a job and influencers inside and outside the company. I make many sales to companies by partnering and also give a little tactic for job functions. I'll look up on Indeed or LinkedIn. I'll look up people looking for employees with these specific job titles. I'll get to know what they do, what their problems are, what people complain about. I, without even knowing this specific person, can get to know them just by their job function. And you can do the same thing with consumers. Because if they're advertising for a job for a specific title, that job is replicated across thousands of different businesses. And each one will list, wait, this didn't work, this didn't work. You've actually got a whole thing in B2B to be able to outline this for you. So you're like, great, how do we do this? You understand that there's a buying cycle. The last one I'll show you in my particular B2B market, it's anywhere from six to 12 months. They define the problem. They think about a solution. They create a strategy or have a meeting appearing to be a strategy. Then they develop a business use case, which is their best way to say, why should we do this? And this is something you should do for your business. And then they evaluate solutions and decide. This is where most marketers focus on. That's the funnel, the acquire, the end, when they're ready to buy. And only one out of three in this particular market are ready to buy. How did I know that? Personas. Okay. Because it led me to understanding the funnel. It's not just about selling them, but knowing that there's stages before and I don't care who you are, even in IM, the days of being able to blast and get some sales quickly are there, but most people are building brands, building sales. It takes time. Sorry, you don't want to hear that, but let's see what we can do to make that good. Let's save time instead of wasting it by looking at the personas. So when I call persona dev, development of specific personas for your business, the first thing I want you to do is go out to search and do something that many, many people fail to do when this was taught using Google and Bing, because if most people could use Google and Bing, it would be a better world, but most people have trouble searching. And this is a real challenge. What words do your customers use? And I want you to repeat that in your marketing. What words do your competition use? What triggers? You can know all of this before you even build your business. What questions are they, the audience asking? And what is the top content they consume from your competition? So now I don't have to go surf. I don't even have to go to Google. I'm gonna show you an example I did 
for something called CRISPR, which is a DNA sequence. I have no idea, okay? I do lead generation. But I do know that CRISPR, when in a little bit, in five, 10 years, supposedly you're going to go into your doctor and get your DNA checked. That's what CRISPR is about. But outside of that, it could be any word. I'm taking a single word and saying, let's develop the persona through search. The goal, find the systems of thinking, the words they use, not the words you want to use. I'd rather you stop thinking about your own business for about a week when you do this. And by the way, everything I'm going to show you here is free. There's great tools in search. You can go way deeper than I'm going to show you. We want to keep this sort of TED Talk-like and be able to have you think about your business. So I, with no knowledge of CRISPR or DNA, believe me, so not a scientist, found CRISPR, went into SERPstat, which is a free tool, and obviously it gives you some of the results. But what I want to show you, see, this is where most people go, oh, I don't know what to do. What you need to do is slow down, Stop looking for a big red flag to slap you in the face and start looking at the language that they use. Because when you get a little bit closer into this, you'll notice that they give you organic and ads keywords. Some are paid and some are organic. Now, this is what's so cool. Let's talk about the persona. On the left-hand side, the organic keywords are the ones that people actually use the most to search and they have a cost per click. Obviously, I know the valuation of my traffic. I'm going to buy it in AdWords. But more importantly, if you see on the left, there are very long five, excuse me, five, six word phrases, not just one. That tells me that the audience has is stitching together a lot of words. And in this case, they're scientists. They're very good with words and searching. So there's an intelligence level there. They are showing me the kind of words they search for. Obviously, this is great for you to do your search and your hashtags and social media. But more importantly, that's their persona. Their persona is showing itself. If there's one word keywords, you're in trouble. They're not thinking. They have the attention span of a squirrel. I mean, that happens in all this media. On the right-hand side, these are the words my competition is using to buy. And anyone knows we can go way, way deeper than this. But I want to show you this as an example because this is what my competition thinks are the key words. This could lead me to content. This could lead me to finding out who is actually doing this kind of business and outreach directly to them. Because what they're doing is actually speaking to the audience. And what's interesting is they're not the same words, which also tells me something. Either my marketers are very smart or they're not. Maybe everybody's doing the same thing. I don't have an answer yet. I'm just saying when you look at something, if somebody has the words on the left or fairly different than the words on the right. And there's some similarities here. I'm not saying cross the board, but what it helps tell you is the mindset of your competitors and how they are communicating in the words they're using. Because words are how people talk in their minds and they're actually showing them to you. And what's very important is if you're writing copy or you're getting to any sort of messaging with your audience, you want to know the words they use and the words other people use to talk to that audience. Now you take a breath and you say, okay, maybe that's obvious. It's not when you execute it, because when you go out with those words, you're going to be start if you spend, I generally spend about four to five hours really digging into these phrases. So I really not only know the top phrases, I don't like buying AdWords at the beginning at all, unless you have money. That's just my personal bias from 20 years. You need to know how your, your funnels convert. But what I do to create a persona here is to take these words and now I've got the core and obviously, I'm taking the headlines. I'm going to the sites of my competitors. We'll go into that in a second. But most importantly, I want to know what questions are people asking. And again, on SERPstat, there's this little content marketing stuff. This is all free now. Everything's connected. These are, 
a list of 102 articles that have been written on the subject CRISPR, AdGene's CRISPR-Cas9 guide. That, to me, would be a middle-of-the-funnel educational material. Questions and answers about CRISPR. Do I want to know what questions people are asking? There's an, somebody's already done it. This is great. What is CRISPR and why is it suddenly everywhere? And if you notice in the middle here, that's from a very popular consumer site called Gizmodo. What that means is this became sort of mainstream. So that means my market has obviously broadened because people getting DNA stuff from their doctor in supposedly five or 10 years, this is what the whole rage is about. So it's not just reaching them through old channels, but I've got all sorts. I've got nature.com here, everything you needed to know about CRISPR. Can you see that now I know how my audience is being communicated with and the headlines my competitors are using. When I'm creating my content or creating my marketing, this forms the whole foundation. They're telling me everything, and all I have to do is say, okay, here's what I like, here's what's best, but now I know the questions that people are asking. What are the words in their head, and what are the questions they're asking? That's all it takes for search. Words in their head, questions they're asking. You say an oversimplify, I want you to focus so much on those questions. That's the key. Know the good question. Know the right question to ask, because I can tell you time and time again doing this, I once had an audience that was trying to get opt-ins for major financial services. They had to have 100,000 U.S. to invest. That was what the company told me. Find me people at that level, which is an entry-level investment for those who aren't in the business. Sounds like a lot, but it's entry. They got a lot of people. We did things great, and we learned that we could ask questions like, are you older than 30? Yes or no? Not to get you because... The company told me that most people, like 90% who buy, are over 30 years old. So when I ask you that question, why would you lie? Because every time you ask a question to a consumer or a business, not that they would lie, but why should I tell you what's going on? Give them questions, yes, no, that they can go and know the questions people are asking. Because when you know those questions, you can go to step two, which is persona, dev, and social. And what that means is I want to know not just what social channels are most active, and I'm going to show you a couple of examples that totally went against what I assumed. Who are the influencers, those who lead, and connectors who bring them together? That's a common social media thing, but I want you to understand influencers. There's some influencers that drive sales. If you look in the affiliate world, there's actually influencers. That means people, many Amazon affiliates who drive lots of sales. Social media influencers are people with lots of people who say stuff about them. Most of that is just not really it's influence, but it's mass influence. What I'm talking about is find the small people that actually get listened to and are approachable. Because if you try to go to the really big people, it's sort of weird. Like they have no benefit of working with you unless you find a way to do it. If you find there's a whole other layer, though, that often get a higher response, that often you don't have to pay through the nose, and who you can create a joint venture with. So you want to know not only that, but what competitors are active in marketing on social. This is your persona, is what they're actually doing on social and what they're responding to. You can do this. I'm showing you this from BuzzSumo. This is a free version. You can certainly do it on Buffer. There's, a, you know, right, social search tools. There's a load of them. Are you using this information to come in? Because let's take a look at this from BuzzSumo entering the same keyword. Now we have not only more articles, but if you take a look on the right-hand side, you have the way to discern what's really popular. And what's really ironic here, these people like the first one had no activity on Facebook. The last one had huge activity on Facebook. 
The first one had lots of activity on LinkedIn. The, the one that had big activity on LinkedIn had nothing, excuse me, on Facebook, had nothing on LinkedIn. And what that tells me is obviously from looking at this, and then Twitter sort of plays in here and there. What a really odd market. Because what it's actually showing you is that there's opportunity in all three channels and that when you see numbers like this, meaning they're successful in one and not in another, they're reaching the same audience. So it also shows this audience can be reached. Most often, I'll tell people to focus on one to begin with. So you want to know like which one they actually use. What's their habit? Where do they go to? Well, I would look at Facebook knowing B2B. Facebook is a little tricky place to reach people who are in business to business. So I would probably, looking at this, pick the LinkedIn as an obvious one, only because knowing the audience, this is where they hang out. So now I'm sort of determining which my social channels are, and I can use many, many other tools to do this. But at the end of the day, pick one to two channels, forget focusing on them all, and then work on it so you can get growth. I mean, you definitely build your social channels, but on the persona, what I found, for example, let me show you an example that ties into this, HR marketer. This is a client who is a startup, not HR marketer. This is a service that they use that gives you all the social details for people in the HR business. It's amazing. Been around like 10 years. My client was a startup competing against big companies selling software that was compensation software. So what we wanted to know was the basic persona of the audience and what social channels they go to and what content to create. And what was amazing is these people have it all listed. You literally, within a week, everything was logged in. You could do this at Buffer. You can do this at Serpstat. There's, there's no reason you should know every single one of these words and which is popular. And here's what amazed us. By far, Twitter was the most powerful channel in HR to actually reach people. We found this because you start using these tools. And believe me, there's nothing on Facebook. It was dead. LinkedIn, people only spend two minutes a day there. Not very active. Twitter, a lot of these people are old Twitter people. Now, if I got in and read the newspapers, I wouldn't use Twitter, or I'd have some stupid excuse for what I think of Twitter. We found in HR, Twitter is almost the hub of that whole massive industry. So this is what your persona leads you, because if the people go there, they're never wrong. And you should never try to prove yourself right, because as a marketing scientist, your job is to prove yourself wrong. Look that up. Scientists don't prove themselves right. They prove themselves wrong. That's how you keep growing your business. Step three, persona dev messaging. Take your competitors' keywords and headlines from step one. Add the headlines and content you found in step two. Now review the messaging they receive from your competition. Repeat the key phrases they identify with and create your own unique message addressing their specific needs. That's not only persona, you're actually creating the voice of what you're doing by drawing in search, by drawing in social, but looking at the behaviors. Don't just look at the big numbers. Watch it for a little bit to be able to understand because when you do this, your messaging, give you an example. The HR example we showed you with the HR marketer, this is the client. They went and looked up and found out these kind of articles. They turned it into a white paper and also turned it into three blog posts. So they paid for one paper, turned it into four pieces of content, read it, turned it into a podcast, distributed it, all of this leveraged what it was doing, but it was all in the voice and language and words and keywords. Because by the way, if you don't have the right keywords and the focus in your articles, no one's going to find you in search or social. So what was the key was we created this. We have our persona dev focusing, going through the process. I told you it was really clear HR, who we could reach. 
where HR talent acquisition and recruiting directors and managers, the executives, everybody wants to go after the executives. Same thing happens with influencers. Everybody wants to go after the big popular people who literally have almost no way they can work with you. I wish you luck doing it, but it's like playing the lottery, where if you go to a director and manager, they will gain from working with you. If you're a good solution, they'll promote it to their boss, but their boss rarely, if ever, is online. So our persona showed us, don't focus at the executive level, work our way in the middle on up, and then focus on financial services and healthcare. How? Search, social, and messaging. We found where we could position ourselves, who the headlines were, I mean, who was writing the headlines, and how we could outcompete them, which was one of the most amazing things because we actually got into the top 10 of search because our competitors were not doing Twitter at all. Nothing. It was crazy. These people had making money. Nobody was touching it. We ended up, by doing Twitter, were able to get Google to rank us high within 30 days for a startup that had website was alive for three months. I mean, this was totally from zero because everyone assumed Twitter was dead. And that's where a persona says, it's not me. I want to look at the audience. Where are the three personas? And where's the voice, the message that I can speak to each persona? So in our case, we speak to directors and managers different than we speak to executives. We don't go after executives, but we have different language. That's two of our personas. Very, very different people. What I'm showing here, finally, is a very simple test of how you know your messaging is working. Because in the beginning, you don't. And what you're looking for is some data, some metrics that can tell you what's working and what's not. So this one in front of you, Captera is actually a great PPC program for people in this space, lead gen. We had Facebook ads that we did, and we had Facebook ads for the desktop, and then we had who came from Twitter. And if you look on the right-hand side, this is a part of the thing about behavior. So we're paying at Captera. People looked at four pages and spent six minutes. Yeah, we were happy. We were paying at Facebook. We got five pages in 13 minutes. Not a big audience, but still good sign. But when we went desktop, it was like one page in a minute 29. So what did we do? We eliminated the desktop because our messaging started teaching us where the audience was and where they respond. I don't, I, they can be everywhere. I need to be places they respond. Twitter down there was good, but if you look at the bottom, LinkedIn was a nightmare. Did that make us not focus on LinkedIn? Sort of, we use LinkedIn for its own thing, but it also showed us that Twitter was cheap, affordable, easy, and automatable, much better than Facebook. Even though we could play Facebook, the expense was really high. But what we're doing is testing our messaging. Because what we want to see is people staying, reading, and coming back. Some of the key numbers of uh, retention in lead gen. So in closing here, let me talk to you about four types of customers. You're going out there thinking it's a funnel. Somebody's going to buy. They're all the same. That's the old way of thinking. And as an old guy, I can tell you, don't think the old way. Today, we have raw leads. We have paid leads. We have inbound that we create, and we have social media marketing. Raw leads, meaning they contact you, maybe give you their email, does not mean you know, their persona does not mean they're ready to act. It might, and I, I wish you luck, but for most cases today, it's not what it was. It's not instant. Then you get qualified leads, and I'm moving people to phone call with sales because we're selling high-ticket items. I've got to make sure that that salesperson has somebody ready to go. That also works into my persona. How do I identify with the key questions where a person is real and where they're sort of thinking in, in an earlier part of the funnel? goes right back to the questions. That's the core of a persona. The system that underlies the outcomes are the words, the copy, 
and the messaging that they've gotten prior to prior to meeting you. Because number three, we go to actual phone or person meeting and then sales. This is four types of customers because getting on the phone is nothing until they buy. Any salesperson will tell you that. But the KPIs are, and these are your key performance numbers. Because once you go through your personas, you want to see which one of these are actually converting, which one of these social channels and personas that you're approaching. For in our example, we did VPs and executives, and we did directors and managers of HR. Very different audience. And we found directors and managers far converted higher, got us where we needed to go, and cost a heck of a lot less. So we measured conversion to social lead, which I just consider like, hi, I've just learned about you. Conversion rate. We want to know our social leads to qualified leads, meaning how many people actually talk to our salespeople through what persona? How was my marketing affecting that? Cost per qualified lead, are they actually ready? And then how much did it cost to actually get them on the phone and did they show up? Here's the weird part in HR. Man, we'd set them up and two out of 10 wouldn't show up. So we factored in that cost and we improved the process and we realized that was a persona. And we started asking the questions earlier so we didn't waste time on people like that who were wasting our time because they weren't serious about actually reviewing the software. They were sort of getting info and had no intention of buying from us. See how important this is? All of these personas tie together. So I'm showing you a couple of free services here. Probably you know them very well. It's not exactly a secret here. SERPstat, one of the favorite freebies. Ahrefs is one I didn't show, but shows who is linking to your competitors and what type of content they're using. That's a great one to actually, if you're a search, it's almost a requirement. If you're starting out, it's great to spend 30 or 60 days to know who's paying attention to your competition and where your audience is going, once again, behavior. Finally, BuzzSumo, very famous, very expensive. There's Buffer. There's other services that can help you understand the where, why, and when of your audience. So with that, I'm done. So I'm going to go look at the workflow. Perfect. Yeah, I think the workflow will kind of tie it all together because the, the steps are quite clear. So the the whole objective here, the problem that the business owner has is that they're spreading themselves too thin and not tailoring the market to the right audience. And then this is a way to identify who those audiences are and then how to craft the right message. And then you've got a spreadsheet. So yeah, so, so this will probably tie it all together now. So we'll kind of see how those three steps then put into action. Yeah. So as we go into the three steps to perfecting personas workflow, I've got a campaign goal and call to action. This is my process. What is my goal, obviously? What am I looking to do? And I'm looking to create leads. You would put in your own goal. What the audience is asked to do. I want you to think like, while you're researching, what is your audience being asked to do? Because a lot of times people ask them to do stuff they're not doing. It's crazy. And all you have to do is tweak it a little bit. For example, when you're doing a form and getting somebody's email, don't try to put too many like data fields in it. That's just one of the little tricks. The more, the more you ask for, the less they fill in. Little things like that. Find out what the call to action is. Obviously, you have a campaign calendar, but let's go into the steps. Step one, search and the trigger words your audience used to describe the problem. So on the left are the core issues I'm looking for. Obviously, what are people searching for? But more importantly, what do they think the problem is? Okay? This is a big assumption. People know what they're looking for. None of us do. Even you don't. As a business person, when you, understand, you, when you own that, you will just rock. Because which it's a freeing because we're just all poking around trying to figure it out. So if you go to Serpstat, enter a keyword or a competitor's URL, all that information I showed you, it took a horse for free, will come up. What you're looking for are the words they repeat. What keeps coming up? 
what actually gets their attention clicks top of the search engine, obviously, because the top search results may or may not be important, but what I want you to do is look at them and say, is, are the top search results related to what we do, or is it a mixed group of different things? I mean, I've seen a company that actually had its brand name, and it was actually associated with another marijuana reference, and it was sort of odd because they were a business that would not want to reference a drug, but if you search for them, and we looked at them saying, you shouldn't do that brand. You didn't do the persona, but what they were like, no, it doesn't matter. You know what? When the search happened and you got five marijuana results and two of your results, it doesn't look good. And that's because the customer is always right. So what questions are they asking? These questions form the core of your copy. So what I want you to do is go through this and then what content is your competition sharing? Because to me, if you're not developing content today, you're relying solely on paid ads. And that's not necessarily a bad decision. Okay, I'm not thinking that's bad, but you better be really good. Most people are realizing that not only is content, content can be an audio, a video, it can be a picture on Instagram. It doesn't have to be deep. But consistent levels of content are the only way that the search and Facebook matrix will even notice you. Consistency and being there. And if you have no content and you're not in that game, then you will choose just to play ads. So I obviously bias towards this because the expense that we have for AdWords on a lead gen process is way too much. When I see the content my competition's sharing, they're spending millions a year, okay? But I was able to get so many ideas that were so cool and unique that I was able to create the same thing for a fraction of the cost. That's what the key is when you search is to really immerse yourself and start out like the customer. Forget about your business. Stop trying to prove it. This is where I really run into barriers with people because what they initially do, they do it. And then they're like, yeah, Declan, I know the people. I'm going to skip through this. We're not in class. We're not trying to rush so you can go out to the bar. This is like really actually sitting down because this is what will save you so much time. Because when you know the words and you know what they're, you now have in search, one of the biggest environments for actually creating sales. And you know what your cost is. And you know the personas because you can see from like how many people are buying AdWords, for example, tells you if that's a good keyword, okay? Because the market is always right. So if you take search, which many people are ignoring now, because social is step two, we want to step into step two and really ask what social channels are most active for your audience, find them. Who are the influencers? And what I want you to do is separate the influencers who just talk and get a bunch of people clapping, which is cool, versus the influencers who actually generate sales. If you start looking at influencers that way, there aren't many of them, but they're very, very powerful people, and they are on social media. There's a whole another range of influencer marketing based on sales. These are the relationships people want to, you know, who you want to know. What competitors are active and marketing on social? Huge. Amazing opportunity. And you know what? If they're one of the greatest ways, if you're doing partnerships, contact people on social media because most people get no communication. I've made more deals by contacting dead social accounts like you're the first person ever talked to me. Go reach out to them and then find out obviously what articles are popular as you frame your content. I'm very based on content. I also want to know that's the mindset. That's the persona. What are they thinking about? Because all that helps you define their problem. Now we've got search. Now we've got social, meaning social data that actually tells me, hmm, this is where I can focus. I don't have to guess. So the final step messaging by the numbers, what I do is we take, just like I showed you in the HR example, we looked on the service, an HR marketer, found content to write. In this case, we paid somebody to write it. 
wrote a very long article, great article, broke it into four blog posts and a single white paper. Great uses for it. Use it for an opt-in, use it to give away. What we did was we looked at search, we looked at social, we started bringing together all the issues so that when we hired a writer, we already knew what they had to write. And when we talked to customers, we already knew what they were thinking. Not like we're psychic, we did our work. So now when we communicate, we're gonna mirror the words they use. We're gonna mirror the words, mirror meaning reflect back on them, show them the words that they're comfortable with explaining themselves, what their problem is, what they're trying to solve, whether you're selling a diet pill or you're doing lead gen and expensive software. What you're looking for is how they indicate to you by their actions so that you know them. And this is where behavior is so much more important than what you think. And what you think in five years is going to be even less important. Trust me, it's a freedom that we have not had. And this is an old marketer talking to you. You guys not only have the tools, but most people skip all this. So you want to take, obviously, you've gone and search, you got keywords, headlines, and content. You found your competition. You integrate the social influencers, connections, and content. Because those will also show you, is that same content on social popular on search? Is anyone good on social and on top of search? Now you know your competition because I found huge opportunity in this in search. It's amazing. People either do social or search. They rarely do both. Create your three personas and keep improving them. In fact, I had one client who took that three funnel level. He created a first persona was one person, one target of market, like a director or manager, and he broke it into the uh, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel so he could better understand how he could target that specific customer at different part points of the funnel. It was amazingly ingenious of him. Finally, personalize your headlines. Here's what I mean. Know where they live. If you know their geographic location, speak to it. Most people live near urban areas. So it's really easy in the U.S., Europe, Australia. It's around big cities. So if you target it and you actually put in their location and customize it for that, I can tell you their minds. This is one of the oldest direct marketing tools and people constantly respond to where they're located. That's where I want you to know is not so much you have to know them specifically, but you could go to a city and say, hey, San Diego, this is for you. Hey, boom, this is for you, Melbourne. Hey, Seattle, this is for you. And take the same message if I know my audience is in there. And by the way, I am people. I know a really brilliant guy who actually is one of the longtime gurus. I won't mention his name so you don't steal what he's doing. But what he does is he actually takes a city-by-city approach for his seminars. And it's really brilliant. He doesn't ever market to everybody. And he's able to fill up specific cities because 80% of the population in California lives near these cities. So enough of that. Finally, your metrics. I read them to you on the presentation. They're right here. I don't want you to think anyone who contacts you is a lead. That's like a hello. The person who actually comes back twice, like I want to see people repeat visiting your website, by the way. If you bought ads, if you do content, one of your key metrics is, are people coming back? I have one campaign I'm doing now. We had 800 people come just on an AdWords buy. We have 250 who returned, okay? I don't have to pay for that 250. And if that number was low, then I really need to improve something because I just told myself, you know, a quarter of my ad buy actually is coming back. And in this case, this, remember, it's 10 to 20 contacts over 20 days to 18 months. This is not my opinion. This is fact drawn by all the major companies you follow. This cost per lead is really how to break it down and really think about it in terms of personas because you may find a persona as we did with the VPs and executives in the HR example. They were too costly 
horrible place to reach them and about the only place to reach them were at conferences and trade shows. Not that that was the best solution, but we found other ways to penetrate the same company by outflanking them, not trying to go to the top of the hill, which big mistake most people do, but outflank them and actually go around to the directors, managers, to entry-level people to work your way. In our case, in lead generation, when somebody makes a decision, three to five people decide. If you're just selling a product, maybe one person makes a decision, but I would bet you almost in every case, there's another person who they ask about that decision. That's where the key persona end comes in because it helps you adapt your content, your messaging to the actions that they've observed on search and social, which leads to your messaging. So what I want you to do is help create their story. And that's what the three keys to perfecting personas is about, helping you read their story rather than trying to write it and put it on them. And so with that, I'll uh, let you go and take a look at the workflow and fill it in yourself, and it will definitely help get that focus. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking us through that, Declan. I'll chat with you afterwards as well to see if we can share this spreadsheet along with the presentation. I think that'll make it infinitely easier for people to go through the process. Yeah, no, totally, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And if uh, people want to find out a little bit more about what you're up to, where's the best place for them to head? Go to DeclanDunn.com, D-E-C-L-A-N-D-U-N-N.com. Perfect. And I'll, um, I'll make sure I put uh, underneath the presentation links through to the right spot as well. And we'll add this download as well. So Declan, thank you so much. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now. 